Well, hey, friends. Welcome to the Ecclesia After Hours podcast. I'm your host, Kenna, and I'm here live with the crew. We've got Garrett. What's up? <laughs> and Josh. Hey there. And Molly. Hello. We are virtually together, still not in person, unfortunately, but um, we are doing something where we're live right now as we're recording this. We're live um, online, too. So if you're listening to this after the fact, you can tune in next time. We'll we'll probably do this again. We're doing a little experiment. So Yeah, we're giving it a shot. Yeah, hopefully it works out well. Um But today we're going to be talking about kind of our bodies and movement. We're in a series called Every Moment Holy. Um, And so that's going to kind of be the vein of that we're talking about is um, how moving our bodies and and just being embodied creatures, um, how that interacts with our faith. Um, But before we kind of get into some of that, I'm curious if any of you guys have a funny story about like exercise like an exercise class or like something like that because i do <laughs> you should start then i want I, I definitely want to hear this story now. <laughs> but i actually might have told it on the podcast before i can't remember i'm so excited Not me if you've heard it <laughs> but one time okay one time I went to a hot yoga class. Have any of you guys ever been to a hot yoga class? No, no, no I would yeah. never put really myself into that. Out. Yeah, no, they're literally torture. They're the worst thing ever. <laughs> but so I went to this hot yoga class and I'm feeling really like yogi and cool. And like I have my yoga mat and I'm there. And I'm like, I'm like sweating. You like, you sweat buckets. So I'm sweating and I'm trying to do it. And I'm like not feeling well, not feeling well. <laughs> And, but they lock the door because if you open the door, then it lets all the heat out. And so once you're in, you're like in and you can't leave and you're not supposed to go to the bathroom or anything like that. But so I'm not feeling well, but I'm pushing through and yeah, I mean, you can probably see how this ends, but I puke all over the mouth in the class. In the class, but it's in a hot yoga room, so it's like the grossest place oh, you've ever. That's in the so gnarly. <laughs> so is it like everyone's like could taste it? Oh, ew! Yes. Ew! Stop! I know. <laughs> and the worst oh, part was the instructor was not kind about it at all. She was like, "Get out." <laughs> Like obviously her like her chakras are not aligned she needed more compassion i know that's what i'm saying it's not a yogic like vibe that's how old early. were you i how was like 21 22 i don't know this wasn't so this that was long. like relatively recently well wow, you really jumped right in too just like into one of the more difficult things you could ever do yeah well i mean i had some yoga and stuff like i had exercised before it was Kenneth's first time out. First time exercising in history. <laughs> but that was my experience, trying a new thing, and it didn't work. Have any of you ever tried a new exercise class? No. Here's the no. thing. I've, I've had to learn how to exercise. Actually, when I started doing Enneagram work, I what it, like one of the things they suggest for Enneagram threes is that they they suggest to do something that you're not good at. So I decided to try working out. Like that was my <laughs> my big thing. So they said like do something that you know you're not going to succeed at. So I didn't. I'm not a successful workouter, but it has become a really important 
part of how I like operate and, and work and move and things like that. Nice. So. What kind of exercising do you do? Well, so I do it as part of my like spiritual practice. So like I'll go, I'll work out for like an hour and I learned that that's like the only way that I can pray. So even now I still have to like go work out for a while before I go and pray. So that's a really important thing. So I, I will say, oh, here's one thing that happened recently. So Sela, like all my kids are around all the time, obviously right now. And so we're trying to do like, I'm in charge of PE after I get done with uh, <laughs> work. Yes, so she's, she's doing this thing. Uh, like it's called girls on the run. It's run through the Y it's like a women leadership empowerment thing. It's pretty cool. If anyone in the chat, like anyone's been watching this, if you've done like girls on the run, like feel free to toss it in. Cause it's a cool thing <laughs> anyway. So like because everyone can't be together for the runs right now, they're like giving different suggestions. Last time, the, the like yesterday's or two days ago was like to run to the top of the space needle. And so oh um, it was like 879 stairs. Whoa. And so we just have a, like a little stair step out there. And so we like, we ran it. And at first I asked Sailor, like, how many step stairs are there? And she's like 24. And I'm like, and so we did it. And it was like, it was going to take us 32 times up and down. And oh I did it. I did it four and I'm like, I'm going to die. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, this is how I die. Like, and then I like, I'm like, there's no freaking way that this is only 24 steps. And so I counted it. And it was like 53 and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and by that time we had already, so we only had to do it a couple more times. So that was my, nice. that's my new workout story. I, I was going to vomit. I, I almost vomited. Everywhere. I was going to say you didn't vomit. So it's not really embarrassing. Right. Yeah. That's right. I haven't the, – the only time I can think of is when I first started working out ever, like ninth grade, maybe ten, maybe sophomore year, where I was in a class called Advanced PE, and it was literally the advanced part. Advanced. Yeah, the advanced that part even a thing? included weightlifting, and they taught you to do bench, bench squat clean, and I had never done any of those before. And, but my, some of my classmates had – and there's nothing more embarrassing than when you like get on the bench for the first time and you just can't do it. Like you're just like, <laughs> not even the bar. No. Oh, I could do the bar. But when, but when like you don't know what your limits are or anything like that, I remember like trying to get it up and it just went flat on my chest, needed help immediately. And this is insecure high school freshman, sophomore Josh. Who already like felt scrawny, but then to have all the classmates be like, "Well, he's as weak as we thought he was." So, he shouldn't be in He shouldn't be an advanced PE. No, I just do the regular old PE where you play dodgeball. <laughs> oh, that's the worst. Do you have any good stories, Molly? Good exercise stories? No, I feel like you're just elegant and you run and like, I feel like you would never embarrass yourself. Here's the story <laughs> that comes to my mind. I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. But this story is really just stupid. <laughs> I was like, I think I was in middle school or maybe or, I don't know, was probably middle school. And I was going through this handstand phase. Like oh, I wow. would do handstands everywhere all the time like doesn't surprise me at all little molly just like in the living room like bing, like handstand <laughs> and one one of those fateful handstands i'm in the living room and i go to do it and i i go to kick my feet up and my foot gets caught under the like 
middle like side table in our living room and it was like this heavy table so I go and like put all my force forward and my legs kick up and it just smashes into the underside of this table and I like literally just like fell to the ground in pain (laughs) I was like crying I was like distraught and then I had to use crutches at school the next day because my foot was like no and I couldn't walk fully so that was pretty embarrassing people like what happened I was like I was doing a handstand and I that's amazing that's like the opposite of what I thought it was gonna be where you like do a handstand and then you like tip you know too far I just didn't make it up it was I remember it was so painful though it was bad dude there was this one time when I was in my kitchen with my brothers we were trying to kick as high as we possibly could and I was wearing socks I was like oh I can kick higher than that went to kick high and just slipped and fell on my back Nice. and it was a it was great it was a good time yikes I feel like we're making our own little like those home video reels where people like fall yeah. or something bad happens. We're just <laughs> this is fail reels. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, anyway, well, today we are, like I said, going to continue in our series that we're calling Every Moment Holy. Um, and we're talking about this because we're all cooped up and we can't do a lot of the things that we normally associate with like going out and building the kingdom like we can't go to physical church right now we can't um there's a lot of ways we we can't serve our neighbors there's some ways we can but there's a lot of ways we can't um and so we just want to talk about how to sort of capture the mundane and the things that are in your everyday life in your very own home or like today in your very own body um that you can recognize as moments of worship and to recognize as holy and to cultivate holiness in kind of these everyday moments so um today like i said we're talking about movement and our bodies um and can you guys just sort of help explain, like, why why are we even talking about this? Like, why, as Christians, is it important to consider and talk about our bodies and how they're connected to our spirituality? Right. I think one of the first things that I, at least I think of, and oh, also, if you guys have any questions during this anywhere, feel free to toss it in the chat and we'll, um, we'll a- answer them kind of at the end of the time. We're trying something new. Um, so the first thing I thought was, um, and I've, I think I've said this in a couple of different platforms is that the, the word for soul and the word for stomach or throat in Hebrew, which is, um, nefesh is actually the same word. So there's not a real, I mean, there is some differentiation, um, between, b- between the two, but like the idea, like most of the time it's like that place where your breath comes from Mm. um other places it's as low as your stomach so there's not at least in the in the ancient hebrew understanding and the christian understanding that you're you're not as much just us like your spiritual life isn't just the things that you do when you're focusing on jesus there's Mm. more to it than that there's like a a very lived embodied experience of of following Jesus that is is really important to uh, to have a more holistic and robust understanding of what it means to, to to be a Christian. So I think that's a big first reason why we think about it at least. Totally. Hmm. Yeah, and as we were talking about it earlier too, I think 
um, it, this idea of um, an embodied experience is really connected to the idea of every moment being holy um, yeah. in a lot of ways. Like, I think that we talk a lot about this generation or this culture being really um, distracted and into our phones and um, always like trying to perform and all these different things. And I think that mm. our bodies is something that really, really grounds us mm. um, in our need for God in um, our dependence on one another to take care of each other, that kind of thing. Um, and so in that sense, I think it's really important to talk about too, because it is one of the only ways that we just can't avoid being grounded um, in our own humanity. Like you wake up every morning and you just do have needs. You do need nourishment. You do need to move um, all of that. And so it just, it is really connected in that way. And I think that's really cool. Definitely. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times uh, we talk about our spirituality in terms of mainly God being connected to our soul or inner being or in the quiet and in the silence and, and in reflection and, I think that we do a good job of talking about that and all that's true. Um, but, but in addition to that, God is in our, in our tasks, in our moving about in our, in everything that we do with our bodies and how we uh, like, like first uh, Corinthians ten thirty one says, whatever you, so whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Uh, and so it's, there's an element of, all the movements that we make throughout our day, God is in the midst and is, and is present in every, everything that we do, every instant that we have take, like uh, that he's given us our body for the, for the purpose of worship, worshiping him. Like if we think about uh, us, our serious theology of sex, uh, like a, a month or so ago, uh, we talked about how our bodies are for the Lord uh, mm-hmm. and that that is not just a, that is not just in a, in a sexual connotation. Like that is right. yeah, our entire being for the Lord, every action you take with your body being for the Lord. So I think it's a, a super, super important thing uh, mm-hmm. to recognize that he's not just in your quiet time, uh, but in everything. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about what that looks like a little bit. Like what, what does it look like or could it look like to glorify God with our bodies? Not just, I mean, I love, I love that Josh, that sentiment of like, he's not just in our quiet time, like just in scripture in the morning or just in, um, in prayer. Like, so can you expand on that a little bit? Everybody just like, what does it look like to glorify God with movement and with a bodily experience? Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that comes to my mind is, um, is getting to worship God through the the gift that our body is. So mm-hmm. like thinking about um, thinking about like going for a run and working really hard and like pushing yourself and running hard because you can, because you have a body that you can, that you can use that has been given to you. Um, but then also like there's so many different ways that we get to do that. Like going for a walk at the end of the day and just like, experiencing the fullness of God in our bodies, but also like in the outside in nature in like the cool breeze of the evening, 
Mm-hmm. Like how we get to worship is this holistic experience that we can use our bodies for. Um, and like by taking care of ourselves in that way and by all right. this temple that is, um, like scripture says, the temple of the Holy Spirit is what our bodies are. And so we don't, we're not just like people who have bodies, but we, we are embodied beings and so the way that we care for our bodies is the way that we also like you were saying here like care for our souls yeah Uh, so like exercising and going for walks and whatever works for you like i know that there's not a prescribed way of how that should look for someone and i think that that is part of knowing yourself and knowing what Mm -hmm. what works well for you um but just like recognizing that we do have um uh, like a gift that we're able to use and and that part of that is worshiping through that movement of our bodies right mm-hmm. yeah molly as you were as you were talking about that uh romans 12 uh was something that that i was thinking about earlier um and it says therefore i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice uh holy and pleasing to god that is your true and proper worship uh, mm. and so I think that, um, I think that what it means to glorify God with our bodies and our movement is all that you were saying, Molly, it, it, one is yes, just taking care of your body, just like eating three times a day, sleeping, like doing the things that your body says it needs is a way to worship God because he has given that to you. Uh, right. like an analogy for that is. Like if we have, if we give a gift to someone uh, and they don't use it, it means that they didn't really appreciate the gift. Uh, it means that it was just, oh, cool, nice, and put it to the side. But if they, if you see someone using your gift, uh, it means that they're appreciating it. They're, they're, right. they're honoring it. They're honoring what you've done. And I think that when we use our bodies and take care of them yeah. uh, and nourish ourselves, that, that we are honoring what God has given us. We are worshiping him. We are utilizing it. Uh, and ultimately we're also doing ourselves good. We're, we're doing benefit to ourselves. Like none of this is just in the, out of blind worship for God. That's it's also, he loves us and, and wants what's best for us. And a part of doing that is in worship, you're actually going to end up doing what is best for your own self as well. Uh, and I think that that's part of the heart about it. But in addition to, um, in addition to taking care of yourself, I think a lot of the ways that we glorify God with our bodies and our movement is, is a posture of worship. Uh, I mean, people move and use their bodies all the time and eating and that's all, that's all just normal human being things to do. But I think what makes it worship is a posture of, yeah. of honoring and looking to God and saying, uh, right. And everything that you do, God, I am being given the ability to do this. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, it's an awareness. It, it is a reflective thankfulness of as you are going, moving throughout every moment of your day. It's wow. I get to something silly. Like, I mean, that's kind of why we pray after we eat. Like, God, I get to eat. I get to use my body to digest this food. Like, we can eat all day long, but it's not worship unless we actually point towards God and say, wow, God, this is good. This is holy. This is your goodness being used in me and through me to enjoy the life all around me. 
Right. Well, it's so much of our, our experience is an embodied lived experience. Um, that, I mean, what, like Aristotle, gosh, Aristotle, uh, <laughs> Love that guy. That guy. Freaking Aristotle. Like he he helped he helped put some language around telos or end. Like we all have an end. And what does it look like to direct our body's end in the Lord? That is worship. Like everything finds its culmination in God. And so finding ways that we and I think that, you know, like there's like an element of within like Christian stories or evangelicalism that we have this like massively negative understanding of the body. Like it's so awful and carnal and like, we're going to die and go to heaven and there's nothing like about our body that really matters or something, which is kind of crazy. Cause also in the Hebrew understanding, they had this idea of the resurrection of the, from the, from the grave that somehow one day they were going to all be resurrected and their bodies were going to matter in some way. Like that's why Jesus gets strange questions. Like, who are you going to be married to when the kingdom comes, mm-hmm. you know, like, mm-hmm. because your body actually mattered. And so what you do and don't do, like we talked about in theology of sex matters. And so leveraging and then directing your body with postures and, and experiences of, of directing them towards the Lord is, is like part of how we, we can actually continue to, to be, expanded and grown in the image and likeness of Jesus, because we're not just brains on sticks, you know, Mm -hmm. that we're not just here to learn information. We're not just here to have, um, emotional experiences. Like we're here to like live our life in our body. Um, so learning how to do that well, um, and experiencing that, or just even thinking like, how, how should I do that? I've never literally thought about that before. Um, giving that just a shot for the first time. Like now's an opportunity to do that. So totally. Yeah. And that's exactly what I want to talk about next too. I love what you were saying, Josh, about how you can, I feel like you're almost saying you can do the same thing, but your posture about it is what makes it worship or not like eating Mm -hmm. or going on a walk. Um, You can totally go on a walk and be, you know, consumed the whole time with your to-do list or you can go on a walk and do it with the intent of worship or recognizing that moment, that prolonged moment as holy. Um, So I'm curious what you guys would say or how you would encourage people to begin to um, see movement or see things having to do with their bodies or practices having to do with their bodies as worship. Like, are there particular things you would encourage them to do um, with their bodies or ways to go about thinking about this just as we're quarantined, you know? Yeah, definitely. I feel like this is a really cool opportunity. Like even just as you're asking this question, it makes me excited because um, I feel like we sometimes find ourselves asking the question, like, where is God? How do I worship? How do I see God in the mundane? How do I, like, all I'm doing is sitting at home and maybe working or maybe going to school, but I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm not like doing anything meaningful. So how can I follow Jesus in that? How can I worship Jesus in that? And I feel like we're so, I'm so lucky that we actually just get to simply live our lives and that we can worship through that and that we don't have to go and 
do these like huge extravagant things in order to celebrate what God has given us in order to worship him and in order to um, see his kingdom coming. And so like, how, I mean, I'll just encourage you if you don't know where to start to just go for a walk and to mm-hmm. like notice things around you, to notice how you feel, to notice your body, to notice your breath, to notice the sounds, um, to notice the trees or the leaves, the birds, like the more that we pay attention and recognize God around us, I think the more we'll be able to see that in all of that, like we get to worship. Um, and so like that, I mean, that'll just be my encouragement on where to start if you're not really feeling sure of what that really looks like is to just simply begin to notice, um, yeah, notice the presence of God around you. And I think it will actually um, be more meaningful than you might even realize initially. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I would say uh, that I I found myself even in this time feeling like, man, God, how can I worship you? What can I even do in this time? How can I, how can I praise you if I just am indoors all the time? But I think that the truth is that there is abundant opportunity to worship God all around us every moment, every day. And also I would even say that while being inside, we probably have a greater opportunity to notice that uh, than we normally would. Um, uh, Like I would say some ways to, to worship God and, 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 moving and using your body and, and uh, just in the tasks that you do every day is, is a just being thankful uh, Mm. and, and producing and, and expressing gratefulness to God Mm -hmm. uh, as you go throughout your, your day, every moment, like uh, simple things. Like I would say some ways to practice that are like, you're going to brush your teeth, like recognizing that, it is out of the goodness and the abundance of God that he has given you teeth that can be cleaned to be taken care of so that you can use them to eat more food. Like that is good. Like in terms of uh, like being able to walk and go outside and just do little mundane things. There's so much abundance of goodness of God all around us Mm -hmm. that I personally take for granted all the time that I think that many of us take for granted of all the time is, is we just kind of do our day. We do our everyday tasks, but like even right now, like me being able to talk to you guys online through this computer, that's going out to other people that are watching it, like is a gift of God to allow us to be able to communicate to each other. Like that's out of his goodness that he has, uh, that he has instilled this type of thing in our lives. Like, and that's, that's through technology, that's through people working hard, all through those things. But his goodness is in the midst of all those things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that there's an opportunity to be grateful for every single little thing that we experience. Like right now, there's sun shining on our window and there's warmth coming through. And it's like, that is good. That's God. Like, um, And so I would say one way to worship God with our bodies is, is consistently seeking and noticing the goodness of God every day, every moment. And I, and I bet that that will change your heart. Uh, I bet that that will change and create more joy 
as you see beauty around you instead of lack, instead of scarcity, instead of not having enough. Because in this time, it's really easy to feel like, man, I miss that. I miss the old thing. I miss the things that we got to do. Uh, But we can still operate out of the space of, of abundance when we actually open our eyes to see the abundance all around us. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and I feel like we we have an inclination of what that might look like a little bit already just by in other ways that we already consider worship. Um, you know, like if you go to any church, you know, like people raise their hands. Um, like, you know, there's ways that we posture our bodies to help reflect the inward um, spirituality of our heart, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, you know, that, we sing that song, I don't maybe people love it. And if you love the song and I'm going to offend you, put it in the chat and I'll apologize oh, at the end. <laughs> but like there's a song like, <laughs> there's this song like uh, from the inside out, like from the inside out, God, you change me. And like, uh, yes, absolutely. But also there's like, yeah, that's right. That's right. Oh, a little also, louder, balls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's also this idea of of putting yourself continually in a posture to worship, or like forcing your body to do something, mm-hmm. also changes you from the outside in. Mm-hmm. Now, what? Yeah. But the thing that's happening is an internal change. But but you're leveraging your body. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, like you, we, we often also say like, I'm going to command my soul. Like I'm going to will that into existence. And so I feel like there's also an element of us continually disciplining our, our postures to be like put in a space where we can worship God. That That's also a way for us to learn to like experience who God is. Um, and, and will actually change us and transform us. And I think that's kind of important. So totally. Yeah, I mean, I think even just anecdotally, I think there's something really holy about like addressing our needs, our our bodily needs and, and being grateful when we can, to your point, Josh. Like um, yesterday I was just feeling super anxious and um, also hungry <laughs> and also just cooped up and like, you know, had gotten into a fight with my fiance and like all the things. And so I drove to get some food and then I parked and I ate it outside and then I just took a walk and I just focused on my body, which was something that I, I couldn't do when I was inside trying to pray. I was trying to pray about it and I was like just distracted and frustrated and hungry. And when I went and ate food and then I took a walk and I was like, I'm not going to oh, yeah. pray on this walk. I'm just going to walk and I'm literally just going to focus on like my legs moving and my nostrils breathing in and out. And then naturally I I was able to pray. Um, There was just something about addressing those needs of my body to move and to eat. And that is holiness. Like that is beautiful. I'm almost having a hard time expressing, expressing that, but I kind of think anecdotally we all have experienced that there's something holy about eating food and going on a walk, you know? Yeah, totally. That's so good. Um, our friend Ben put a really great question um, in the chat. I, if you're listening to this later, I mentioned um, we're doing a live on Facebook and Instagram or just Facebook? Just Facebook right now. But maybe we'll figure out Instagram later. 
Yeah. Um, and so people are submitting questions live, which is awesome. And um, Ben asked this really great question, which um, is if a non-Christian strives to live an embodied life focused on being focusing on being healthy, being active, and embracing the physicality of the human condition, would you consider that an act of worship pleasing to God? Yeah. Dope question. Totally. Mm-hmm. Uh, sh- shout out to Ben. <laughs> Former yes. podcast host Ben. Yeah. A great yes. Such a good I'll question. I'll never live up. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just very different. You're very, I'm very different. Well, I'm like, Ben, you should come back and do this. <laughs> <laughs> we love you, Ben. Yeah. I, I don't know. What, what do you guys think? I have, a, I have a thought on it, as always, but I, I'm curious what you guys think. Um, My first thought is no. I would not consider that an act of worship pleasing to God. Um, I think I'm thinking about, um, I'm going to be doing some verbal processing here, but I'm thinking about (laughs) the verse that you brought up. uh, I think it's, is it Colossians? Whatever you do, whether in word word or deed, do it all to the glory of God, the father. Uh, It was first Corinthians. Giving thanks. Um, First Corinthians. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking of that. Like, there's this element of intentionality behind what we do um, that ch- actually changes what what the meaning behind something is. And I think that God cares about that. Um, and I'm thinking back to a conversation with Wendy, where Wendy is uh, one of our pastors at CTK who oversees outreach and community relationships. And, and she was helping Josh and I kind of contextualize some conversations that we were having with our leaders about some of the outreach projects they were doing. And one of the questions that she posed for us to ask was, why is the work that you're doing different because you follow Jesus? And so like someone who doesn't follow Jesus going to the food bank, like actually in the kingdom, like is different than someone who does follow Jesus going to the food bank and, and serving out of um, a desire to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And so I'm kind of thinking through that lens, like, um, like without faith or without like that pursuit of giving glory to God, like, I don't actually think that doing those things simply because would be pleasing to God. Um, but that's just kind of like my initial thing of that question. Yeah. I think I also verbal process a little bit. I think that as I'm thinking about it a little bit, uh, that I see a little bit of distinction in the question. Um, I think that that those actions could be pleasing to God, like serving, loving others, whether it's for God or not, that the action of what is occurring is, is could be pleasing to God. But in terms of the intent of the person and the work and, and the experience that is going on in the heart of that individual, I don't know if I would, I would, I think I would agree with you, Molly, that I don't know if I would call that worship because there is no heart behind it. It's just, a, it's just an action. The action itself, I could see as glorifying and honoring to God, like feeding the homeless, whether you are doing it for Jesus or not, is an action that pleases yeah. God. Uh but but the intent of the of the worshiper, the person serving, uh, that's between them and God, uh, and I would say that I see a distinction there um, happening in my mind. Yeah, yeah, I think especially when it comes to the the things he mentioned, like being healthy, um, being active, like 
I think that because God cares for us, cares for you, um, he delights in that for you because he loves you. Um, but I don't think he cares that much about like in and of itself, if we go for a walk or not, you know, totally right. What he does care about is, is your experience with him in that moment. Right. 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 Yeah. There's a, I mean, I feel like what we're asking is a, a hard, dis- it's not a hard distinction, but like there's a long standing conversation be- between the difference between orthopraxy and orthodoxy, meaning like, what do we believe that's true about God? And what do we live in our embodied experience of, of uh, that is true of God? What does our worship of God look like? And so I feel like that that's kind of a distinction that's being, that's at play in the, qu- it, it, like internally inside of the question. Is there an orthodoxy about a s- form of orthopraxy? Does that make sense? Yeah. And so to me, like, as I'm, as I'm thinking about it, yeah, I think there is a distinction. Well, does God receive it as worship? Yeah. I think that there's like an, L- L- but then I think about like, well, does everything that we do have to have natural intention? So could my brother Taylor, totally. who doesn't have intention around a lot of his actions, at least in a logic, like in a, in a way that we would necessarily correspond cognizance around or like, can that still be worshipful to God? And I would argue, yeah, yeah, I would probably say, yeah, that there are elements about that. However, I I would put it in a slightly different language set. Does God receive it as such? Not sure, but I feel like that's, that's a set of language that I don't necessarily feel like would be helpful. I would say, are they embodying the vision of the kingdom of God that is supposed to be made a, 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 a tangible reality now? Yes. Mm, that they're yeah. embodying that. Yes. And so insofar as that they are embodying God's kingdom, yes, God receives that as worship. But ultimately I don't feel like what God says about you necessarily is the thing that you actually want. Because I mean, I Ben, like Ben, you and I have gone back and forth on this a, a little bit is, is that ultimately you get to be the one God gave you agency. So I don't really think that if you did it, God sure will receive it as such. And we'll even look at it and call it good. But I don't think the person doing it necessarily cares. I think that's a similar thing that you were saying, Josh is like that, that doesn't yep. ultimately matter because agency matters. Like God is not going to force God's presence on you. So whether or not he views it as God or as good as, or not, doesn't necessarily matter a ton. It depends on mm-hmm. you and whether or not you want it to be viewed, viewed as such. But like, like, cause you could put it in a different sense, like someone that it doesn't follow Jesus, that's embodying justice initiatives, right? Like you would say, yeah, of course that God's going to receive that as good. Yep. Right. Worship might be another, another thing. God will receive it as good. Or maybe I would say the ethics of the kingdom would put mm-hmm. a biblical language on it. Yeah. That's so helpful. Yeah. 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 The distinction makes sense. There's this scripture that I, that I found and just spending a couple minutes looking at some stuff, but I have not like researched this super well. So I'm just going to read it and we can talk about it, but I hope it's not like less helpful, <laughs> but it's in Hebrews 11 and um, it's verse six. It says without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Um, and so I know it's not necessarily talking like exactly about the particular question, but just kind of an interesting note on like what, what that looks like to, uh, like to seek to please God 
like with or without faith and what what that actually entails. I know like in Ben's question, there's not necessarily an element of like if someone isn't desiring to please God, but does God still consider that an act of worship? Like there's a distinction that's being made yeah. there that I think matters, but that yeah, was just interesting. Mm-hmm. So totally. Yeah. I also think, I mean, and I also think there's like, and I, I still am wrestling with this, but there's that story of, uh, of, I think it's Emeth in uh, the last battle of, of, of the Chronicles of Narnia. And there's this whole like scene at the end where all the, like Emeth was like on the like enemy's side. And then Aslan says like, Hey, Emeth, you actually, all the things that you did, like were embodying, embodying the characteristics of me Aslan. So you can come and be on my side now. So um, I know that creates a boatload of problems in other places and it's simply CS Lewis, but like there's something in that, that I, see in the life of Jesus, right? Who wouldn't necessarily like say, let's say uh, um, a Samaritan comes to him and says, hey, like I'm looking for water. And there's like an element of faith that or, or, or action that happens in there that there's something about that idea of, of even though you're outside of the crew of insiders, God looks at your actions and activity and call and like attributes it to you as righteousness. You know, mm-hmm. there's something about that. I'm not sure. Like, I'm, I'm not going to go all in on the emeth on the emeth case because I haven't thought about it a ton. But there's something yeah. about that that seems like like Jesus to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't know if it necessarily in in, the, in terms of like eternal destiny, but in terms of like God sees something there and sees beauty in it or goodness mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, well, I think it was really helpful what you said earlier, too, um, Garrett, that, like, are those things consistent with the kingdom? Yes. Yeah. Um, is it received as worship? Maybe is different than, than it being consistent with the kingdom and, and called good. Yeah. I think that's totally. Weird. Yeah. Okay. There's, this, there's this duality at play that I'm noticing. Like, uh, like I think of a faith without works is dead. Uh, but I also think of what Molly just talked about that, uh, that anything that, that without faith, it is impossible to please God. So there's something, there's a, there's a pairing of action and faith that I think goes with worship, uh, that action without faith, uh, just seems to be good, but I don't know if we'd call it worship, uh, faith without action is described as, as dead. Uh, and so I think there's something going on there that I'm thinking about. And I see what you're saying too, Gary. I also, there's many characters in the Bible who don't know God and they do things that are worship for like, that are, that are, that are pleasing to him, that are, that are acts that are, that are honoring to him. So I think kind of what we're talking about, this distinction of there's, there are actions that are totally able to please and glorify God even. Um, yeah. But the intent of the heart of the individual is kind of what matters to that individual. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That God will still receive it. And it's not like he's going to say, well, that that's not good anymore. Um, but how does that form us? Right. 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 What right. Is, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good guys. 
um, we will, <laughs> we'll end with a question <laughs> by none other than Ben's father, Mike, who Mike. is. <laughs> I love this man. Shout out to Mike Peeler. He is the best. And uh, his question, I think, is for Garrett. <laughs> Do you think that Melchizedek was a Christophany losing sleep? <laughs> Only you, Mike. Mike, rigging Mike, legend, legend of Mike Peeler. Here's uh, so if you guys aren't uh, look, he's even just like keeps going. He's just he's the, the freaking best. He's just the best. Um. If you guys aren't, a, a Christophany is like a an Old Testament appearance of Christ is the idea. And then Melchizedek was this really, really obscure figure in Genesis um, that essentially came to Abraham and um, said, like, hey, give me a tenth of everything you are, you, you own, and I'll receive it as like a, a sacrifice. So Melchizedek was a really interesting character in ancient, like, uh, literature like i i this is a weird thing that i know actually a little bit about it's actually not like i know a lot about i know i know very i should say i know enough things about strange things to get myself into trouble so um <laughs> that's so because yeah like Melchizedek, like he's literally mentioned twice in in uh i think once in psalm something and then uh, another spot in genesis and and he's super obscure. And what's awesome about obscure things in the Bible is then that Bible writers like take them and run with them. Like if there's something that's not said a ton about in the Bible, then like a bunch of ancient writers are just like, I'm going to think a ton about that. Um, so like uh, then uh, here's, here's what I would say. I don't know. Most likely I here's here's what I think is I don't think that the writer of the book of Hebrews thought Melchizedek was a Christophany, which I think is the most helpful way for me to think about it. Um, because he makes the, his whole argument in Hebrews is that the reason that we don't need a priesthood is that Jesus was a priest in the line of the order of Melchizedek. Like that's literally his whole argument of, of the book of Hebrews. And so, uh, I don't think so because I, I should say the book of whoever wrote Hebrews, I don't think was a, he thought it was a Christophany. So that's what I'm going to align with the book of Hebrews. And I'll say no, but I also don't, if it, if I get to heaven and Jesus is like, that was totally me, Melchizedek, I, the tithe of 10% was totally a good idea. I also <laughs> wouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> Same. Uh, like so yeah, I know that's a really good one. I concur. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one. And as, as we were saying this more and more people jumped off of our, of our live stream. So they're really interesting. <laughs> but, but thank you for the question. Mike. <laughs> yeah. Ask those all the time. I hope that helps you get sleep. <laughs> cool. Well, this was fun. This was a fun experiment that we did to do it live. Um, and we'll be back again next week, probably. Um, yeah. either way we'll be back again on the podcast continuing in our series every moment holy um it's been a really fun one and um so thanks for tuning in uh don't forget to tune into ecclesia also live on wednesday nights um and that's where you'll get all the announcements about all the other things that we're doing to our other podcasts um and all of that it's, so debut saturday it's gonna be awesome yeah. The new, yeah. the new podcast is on Saturday. It's yeah. Great. Awesome. I mean, 
even if we do say so ourselves, awesome new podcast um, coming out Saturday. So download that Saturday morning. It's got an activity that you can do with it. So carve out some time for that. Um, it's called Solitude Together and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in. Um, stay healthy and we'll catch you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.